Welcome to the first episode of This Train Has No Tracks, an ADHD-fueled podcast. Here at the station, we will talk about all kinds of subjects that your heart desires, from the emotional chaos that comes with mental health to the fun stuff that we could go on and on about. My name is Chelsea, and today we will be discussing Dungeons and Dragons. Hello everyone, welcome to our very first episode of This Train Has No Tracks. I'm here with my partner Kyle, and we wanted to do a little mini introduction before really getting into the fun stuff. As I said before, my name is Chelsea, and I've wanted to start a podcast for quite a few years now. Um, I just hadn't had the opportunity until now. And what I think I would like most out of this podcast is for it to really feel like a conversation you can have with your friends. We have many different opinions on many different things, but I think the best thing about us is that we definitely like to do our research. Um, We like to debate, and we enjoy healthy discussions that we can learn from and maybe teach from as well. And I think we did that earlier. (laughs) today. (laughs) Um, I know that Kyle loves to teach about what he knows, um, and he's a really fantastic storyteller. Be a pretty bad teacher if I taught about things I didn't know. (laughs) I, it's just that you like to do it. You enjoy telling people about stuff that you know. I mean, you can teach about stuff you don't know. There's There's a lot of people who do. Yeah, several (laughs) professors. Yes. Yes, I have one right now, actually, who um, specifically has said in class that they are learning it as well. So that's definitely not something a professor should be doing, but all right. Um, But getting into the whole D&D side of things and being a great storyteller, that's actually a big part of being a DM. And I kind of learned a little bit of that tonight because I did my first one shot. She did amazing. I was very underprepared, <laughs> but it was fun. It was fun. And I think being the DM, you really get to get into the character side of things too. Like you get to be multiple characters. And I think that was my favorite part about being the DM tonight. I don't know. For, I mean, I definitely get into characters and stuff like that, but I think once I kind of hit my groove and really get into it and the session starts to have legs, the, the thing that kind of sets that off is when you're in character, but you're thinking three steps ahead. Like, okay, yeah. I can do this with this character because this is going to get me from point A to point B in the story. Right. Or when interesting things pop up because your players say something and you go, that's cool. What if I added this twist on it? And now you're off the rails. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> to. I didn't really think much ahead with it, obviously. 
<laughs> with anything I was really doing tonight. I mean, mostly when it comes to the character side of it, because, uh, you know, I, I played, I did a maze is what I did. And, and I had my characters go through a maze and they rolled. And depending on what they rolled, they had to do something like take a potion or fight something. Or I, the, the best part, I think, was they came across a sphinx that had riddles for them. And I, I didn't plan anything that was said for those, but it was made very fun, not because of me, but because of how the characters reacted to it. And so it made it to where I could play on what they were doing. And as a player, like on the player side of that, it's really nerve wracking because you don't know what the DM is planning on doing. Being the DM, I wasn't planning on a lot, but it was fun because I didn't have that anxiety side of it, of being worried about whatever I do is it could potentially mess something up. So being the DM, you do kind of get to just wing it a little bit based on how the characters are reacting. Oh, they really like this. Maybe I'll do a little more of that stuff. So, and I feel like you do that a lot as a DM too. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's definitely different types of DMs and, uh, our friend Trevor in a recent Shout podcast. Shout out Trevor! Yeah, he was talking about DMing and said that basically that you couldn't wing it. You had to be prepared and plan everything out. And which I totally get. Yeah, and and like I said, you know, different strokes and everything, but I wholeheartedly disagree. There, <laughs> there are some DMs like myself that if you give me a campaign setting which just a book to run an entire campaign based off of. It's got bullet points, and this is what happens if this character does this or if your character does that. I, I hate them. I'll, <laughs> I'll look through them, I'll take out interesting stuff, and then everything else is homebrewed or I come up with in the moment. Because if I have to go off somebody else's work or something so planned out, that it's yeah. step by step. One, I'm going to get bored. And two, I'm not going to be able to remember all the steps. But I'm pretty decent, I think, <laughs> at just showing up. I have typically, unless it's like the start of a campaign, typically I'll have three story points. You know, yeah. one big story point and then like a B story and a C story. And I want to get through all those story points in that session. How I do that, we'll find out. Because I don't know either. Well, because the characters, the characters really, it depends on what they do, on what you, it's like, oh, they just did something really neat that I think could potentially be good for their character. And then you kind of go off on a little side quest. And so you do that. Um, and so that kind of makes it where you have to wing it a lot. On the other side of it, like today, I was like a freaking dragonfly with all the wings I had because I was winging it so hard. But I tried. <laughs> I lost all of my notes. <laughs> so I, I had like nothing basically. Um, and it made it take more time for sure um, as far as like I had to look a lot of stuff up and, and everyone had to wait on me and that that side of winging it sucked. But as far as like just letting things happen and kind of going along with what the characters are deciding to do and being like, oh, that's a neat little thing. That side of winging it is super fun, yeah. I think. And that's what makes it, it makes it fun for not just the DM, but 
us characters as well. Yeah. So that's super neat. It's like, you know, with the like, Curse of Strahd, mm-hmm. I can't even like Google anything about it because it is so planned out. It is so exact. And anybody who's ever talked about it, anytime I've been around people, they're like, oh, no, 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 she hasn't played that yet. And I can't know anything because it is one of those things that it has to go by this, by the book. And so I like homebrewed stuff more because you get to have that freedom of doing kind of what you want to do. Yeah, and it it's what I prefer because if I have, I, I mean, when I first started DMing, I did not start with a small group. It's weird for me to have... Uh, just a couple of us. Yeah, just a, a table of four is <laughs> strange. When I started, it was, I think it was eight players, mm. and then it got up to ten. Um, there were, I think, a couple of sessions where I even had twelve, because we had guest players and oh stuff. Oh my god. But all of those characters, I was able to take different stuff from the player's personal preference and what mm-hmm. they wanted to do with the characters, as well as their backstories, and connect them to different characters and it's yeah. kind of like sitting down in a writer's room where they look at you know a, a bunch of names on a board and they go okay I haven't had an episode with these two characters pairing up in a while I would yeah. pretty much do that and try and figure out how to fit the puzzle together and I'm very story driven mm-hmm. and very much so lean into how the players feel connected to the characters. And I try and make it as personal as possible. Oh, yeah. So if I'm running something that's already written, it's not going to feel... Personal, yeah. ...nearly as personal, Mm -hmm. because that person that wrote that book doesn't know the people sitting at my table. Right. Well, and you've you've even gotten super personal with a couple of us. And we were like, oh, hey, um, remember, this is me. (laughs) Yeah, there have been a couple of times where I felt really bad because I forgot. (laughs) I I got so into the story and like, oh, this would be great for this character that I forgot real world events that happened to the people playing the characters. Um, But there's also been times that I've specifically linked their characters going through something to something that they're going through because I've, I've noticed especially for a lot of people that play they use it as an escape and so they mentally check out and when their characters are going through something that they're going through as long as you're not super heavy-handed with it and you make it about their character going through it Mm -hmm. and not what who they are as a person going through it then it seems like they don't really notice while it's happening until after the game's over play therapy if you will yeah and, and after it's over they I mean, I've, I've had players tell me before that they felt better about yeah. stuff and it really helped them and, you know, just that kind of stuff. And it's, it's hard to do that when something is so far planned ahead and so yes. detail-oriented. And so that's why, like, I really enjoy playing because I can do that checkout thing. You know, I can just not be me. And it's just like when I did theater, I mean... When you, even when you become a scripted character, that is you. That is now you. That is a part of you. And that is your character. And you get to just, this is who you are now. But when playing D&D, I mean, you're, you're playing with people who know you. And it's not a scripted character. 
And so when you do bring in those personal things, it can get, it can either be something super fantastic and be just like, this is what I needed. Or it can be something that you're like, whoa, um, I did not realize that this was something that could affect me. So I'm really glad I know this now. Um, and you, I mean, you, you learn more about yourself when playing. And so that's really nice. And each other, you know, with your, your friend group and everything like that. So I, I wouldn't personally want to go somewhere and sit down at a table with strangers and play. I feel like that's scary. And I mean, I've kind of essentially I've done it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like people I don't know whatsoever. And I've been offered to do that. You've, you know, we've both been offered to do that. But mm, I think I'm good. I think I'm all right for at least until I get better at it. And then I can, I'm just, I'm worried about those people who are like really, really over the top about rules and stuff. Rules lawyers. Yes. Yeah. Those, those are the worst. It's like, come on, man. We're just trying to have fun. <laughs> yeah. Those are the ones that are going to play the lawful good paladin. <laughs> and they're going to show up and go, well, I'm just playing my character. Oh, and they're going to say that every time. And they're going to go against the group. And they're going to hold up the story. And if you are one of those people, I am talking to you. Do better. <laughs> but if you're if you're a lawful good paladin, and you're not one of those people, that's then still you're okay. Great. You're doing great as long as you don't do those things. <laughs> um, well, speaking of like <laughs> not being super scripted and just kind of kind of winging it. I personally am super impressed by how you so skillfully wing your random characters. <laughs> you and I've I've been to a couple one shots with you now, and I'm I did theater, so I should be much better at the whole acting thing than I actually am. But just maybe it's because you use characters that you've already played before. I don't know, but you sit down and. <laughs> You you become this character, and it doesn't it doesn't matter everything everything that comes at you you're that character, and you're gonna act that way. I know for a fact he's your favorite, but I've seen you play a couple of characters, and you're just you're really good at being different things and just winging it whatever comes at you in character, and I I think that's super impressive, and I think it's super awesome. But I, I guess we'll go ahead and bring him up. Because I, I know he's your favorite, but go ahead and say who your favorite <laughs> character to play is. Um, <laughs> say his full full name, the oh whole Jesus. thing. <laughs> it's been forever. His full name. His full name. His full uh, name. It was all right. So uh, let's see. <laughs> Sir Gareth. Yeah, Sir Gareth Busey Montague von Liechtenstein the Third and Only Esquire. Yeah. <laughs> AKA. Uh, Gareth, but or... to his friends, uh, you can call him Gare Bear. He's fantastic. Um... He was by far my favorite character to play. Um, I've I've played obviously a lot of different roles, being a longtime DM. But there was a stretch that we played a decently long campaign, and I got to actually be a player. And before I had I had attempted playing but it nothing really was super fulfilling like the like being a dm because i have severe adhd so my brain is always <laughs> bouncing around everywhere that's another podcast <laughs> yep. and especially before when i was unmedicated for it uh i was just sitting there 
and nothing would happen in my brain because I was like, nope, I'm supposed to be just this character. Mm -hmm. But with Gareth, it was, I love a good bard. I, I, I play the bard. That's my class. And he was... If you hadn't been able to tell yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, he was the sweetest boy. His, <laughs> his whole backstory was really tragic, but um, it, it was kind of like a story that was already completed, and I wanted to see what would happen after a story's already done. Um, but... Basically, he was he he looks like a goblin, but he was half goblin, half gnome. His dad was a bard, got captured by goblins, um, <laughs> barded his way out of that situation, uh, and his then pregnant mom gave birth to him. Went meh, and he lived in an orphanage where, you know, bad stuff. Um, so fast forward, and I start playing this campaign. And before I, I had tried to figure out, you know, what kind of character really lets me dive in to just one character. And I, I had tried and failed. And I think that's a lot of people's problem when it comes to D&D is just trying to find that character that's really going to get you invested. Um, and when it started off, I figured, okay, well, he's... Uh, bard and kind of fixated on this idea of you know friends and family and loved one because he never really had that growing up anyways speaking of learning stuff about yourself i never really knew just like i I, i've always known that you know family was really important to me Mm -hmm. and especially i always tell people that you know i have my people (laughs) and and my people like burn the rest of the world I i don't care as long as my people are okay right and that was it it just happened to line up with the character Mm -hmm. and once I started playing him it really started to show me how involved I was in that kind of mentality and how important those things were to me the shift really happened when Gareth had been kind of obsessed ever since he met the party with one of our other player characters her name was Zuli and uh, she was this water genasi uh, want to say she was warlock, maybe? I don't think she was a druid. Hannah, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Shout out, Hannah! Yeah, yeah, Um, but yeah, so obsessed and thought she was gorgeous and was like, oh, yeah. In my head, I was like, okay, I'm just gonna play the part of the bard and see what happens. And she had zero interest, and it was this <laughs> back and forth of him being sweet and just kind of like a boyish charm like when a student hits on an adult woman or something and teacher yeah that's a crush on a teacher (laughs) yeah it it was really that kind of mentality and occasionally he would be dramatic and go a little too far and get emotional and stuff but um he had become friends with another character played by the person that taught me how to play D &D, uh, jamie shout out jamie yeah and (laughs) anyways uh his character's name was phoenix and he was a drow well he was trying to help phoenix get this staff from this god uh basically to help bring phoenix's i guess um daughter 
Phoenix Eye. Phoenix Eye. Oh um, no! <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a fetish. That so, sounds terrible. Anyways, um, but bring back his daughter, and obviously with. Gareth really caring about family and stuff this stood out and it was one of those things that I didn't really put too much stock into other than like oh it's just you know the character being the character and Zuli ended up speaking to this god I think she had like a dream or something like that but she ended up getting the staff and it was given to her as part of her character's you know arc knowing that Phoenix needed it I went up to or Gareth went up to Zuli and basically told her the situation and was like, look, we, we just need to borrow it. We're going to use this to get his daughter back. And the whole time, in Garrett's mind, it's, well, obviously, we're getting a child back from the dead. Uh, mm. I don't think this is really something you could say no to. I mean, right. this is, we're, we're the good guys. And Zuli needed it for her quest and tried to basically nicely say no um, but it came across at least while I was in character slightly condescending and kind of like a, an older woman speaking to a child <laughs> and I just stopped and leaned forward and as you know I don't really do a crazy amount of accents I'm mostly about body language <laughs> yeah oh, um, but I'm mostly about body language and so I locked eyes with her and leaned forward onto the table and she was just kind of staring back at me slightly confused and just this kind of dead air uh, filling the room and as she started to look concerned and for the first time a serious tone with my <laughs> voice slightly deep I just said you are by far the most selfish person I have ever met and the anger that was in my voice <laughs> everyone at the table just stopped and turned shocked looks on their faces yeah because it's totally not like Gareth <laughs> yeah and then I leaned back in the chair normal because I was you know, me again and then <laughs> I said and, and seen yeah, <laughs> and I was like and I walk away and everyone just <laughs> erupted into what the and yeah, <laughs> all, it, it was just this amazing moment. Um, but I noticed after that happened that I was physically kind of shaking, like my hands, and I wasn't angry. Yeah, me personally, but I got really into the character, and that's when I started to notice, like, okay, this is this is one of Garrett's people, and it's about family and bringing a child back and all of these mm -hmm. things and it, it was this moment for me that I really understood how powerful just playing the character yeah. can be. Well and and for me unfortunately I can't say too much about my favorite character that I played but um, her name is Shadow because um, we're still kind of playing <laughs> that campaign we've kind of taken a little bit of a break but I would like to get back into it because there's a lot of depth to her and there's a lot to her that I I put myself into um and it I mean it wasn't it wasn't necessarily purposeful it just kept happening as we played I I kept realizing how much of me was in shadow and there was at one point 
we went back to Shadow's house, and you as the DM, um, you played Shadow's dad. And I think we made everybody else uncomfortable because we were both in character and like arguing with each other <laughs> about it and for both of us we were perfectly fine and even afterwards i mean we went home and we're we're okay like that was literally part of the game but in the moment too because there's so much of me in shadow and because you i mean we've known each other 11 years yeah so you know everything about me. You did that thing where you accidentally put a little bit of personal stuff without meaning to into it. And it was just kind of like, oh my God, <laughs> ow. <laughs> and so it, 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 it felt personal, but for Shadow. Does that make sense? Like I was upset for Shadow. Because afterwards, like I said, it, w- it wasn't like, a, how dare you do this to me? How, how could you? It was, I was like, hey, by the way, <laughs> you did the thing. <laughs> um, but I was mostly upset for Shadow. And I think that when playing with a lot of people, especially because, I mean, they know me only so well. They know you, obviously, a lot more. But they also never, they don't really get the chance to see us together either a whole lot. Um, especially now that we live so far. But um, I think that it just, to everybody else, because it was kind of a personal thing, I think they thought we really were arguing, (laughs) even though it was strictly for those characters. And it it was good for those characters. It was exactly what they needed. It was exactly what needed to happen to move everything forward. It just, in the moment, I feel bad for everybody else. Because I feel like they were like, oh, God. But, yeah, Shadow Shadow's my personal favorite. And I wish I could tell everybody more about her because she has so much depth. And she's fantastic. And I love her so much. Um, but as far as other characters go, not of our own. It can be other podcasts or shows or just friends. But who would be your favorite, both DM and... Uh, character. Um, I mean, I hate to pull from just the same place for both. Okay. But I mean, I, I, I'm probably going to. Yeah. Um, honestly, it, it's probably because we have somewhat similar DM styles. But mm-hmm. I'd have to go mm-hmm. with with Anthony. Yeah. Yep. From yep. Dungeons and Daddies. Dungeons and Daddies rocks. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just I'm sitting here thinking about geology rocks. Uh, uh, Will Campos. Will Campos. Good job, man. <laughs> but uh, as far as players on that show, Beth May's fantastic, but I'd have to give it to season one. Yeah. Yeah. Ron. So, Ron. Ron Stampler. Wanting, season two has messed me up. Ron I Stampler. Keep wanting to call him Terry. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I can I, I can see why. But no, no, no. I, I'm right there with you. Both of those, I completely agree. Anthony Birch, freaking fantastic. Makes me laugh so much. Um, he's really good about giving his characters a lot of freedom. Yeah. He's really, really good about letting them do a lot of things. And I love it when they surprise him. Um, I love it when anyone surprises a DM, honestly. 
that is that one is super super fun and you're right yeah your your dm style is very similar i think it's mostly because i mean y'all y'all have your plot points but you you let there be a lot of freedom and you have fun with it well i think it's a level of trust that given to the players knowing that they're going to do their part yeah you you have story points or take npcs he'll have an npc he'll throw out a couple Which of things great yeah he'll, he'll throw out a couple of things and and he'll he'll usually make one choice like here's something interesting and he just throws it out there and leaves it and the players pick it up yeah and i mean so far that's worked for me as well yeah well and and honestly it's it's really fun to listen to dungeons and daddies i don't know if any of you listeners have never played D&D or you're just starting and you're still trying to learn about how to play in things, I definitely recommend listening to Dungeons and Daddies because it helped me a lot as far as like what it meant to play D&D, even though um, the first season, especially in the beginning there, they're a little more wonky with the rules and everything. It's super helpful because they they explain things. They they don't explain it like you're a dumb person, but they legitimately don't really know either sometimes. Yeah. And so they'll ask, what is this? How do I do that? And it's really, really nice because it actually kind of lined up with me starting to play because every time they had a question for something, I came across it in the next session. And I was like, oh, you, they talked about this in Dungeons and Daddies. Yay, I know what this is. Um, but yeah, it's it's really great. And the characters are just fantastic. All of them. Every single one. NPCs and everything. But but for sure, Beth May as Ron Stampler. At first I was like, eh, I don't know, because you, you sure talked her up. But yeah, that was a fantastic character. Absolutely hilarious. Made me laugh so hard. The Will Campos. Will Campos is a is strong contender. Super, super fantastic yeah. too. And I love that in this season, they're in season two now. I love that his character keeps dipping in to his character from season one yeah Yeah, you you hear it every once in a while and i'm like there he is that's awesome in season two i mean link has really kind of showed up for me oh heck yeah because oh heck yeah i mean you had matt is doing fantastic in season two you you had daryl both of these (laughs) are played by matt yes um, but you had Daryl, and he was the coach dad. Yeah, and, and you're, that's just not your thing. No, I, I loathe <laughs> coach dads. I, I hate the sports. Yep. And so, yeah, I just was not there. He had it. some good ones. He had, he had some, some good, good moments. Ones. Uh, and that's because of Matt, but yeah, the type of character yeah. didn't appeal but to Link, me. But Link's a little badass. <laughs> you would never have guessed it in the beginning, but yeah, yeah no, he's great. Uh, that It's freaking fantastic i think he's got a lot more freedom this season oh yeah oh yeah well in it's season one he was honestly what does his i don't even know what link really can do he's just his lines that he delivers are just they're zingers they're fantastic and then you've got freddie wong and i think every once in a while i'll think of something from season one that he said and i'll kind of giggle to myself because i'm like this fits in this situation but this season, I like that he's like, he sounds like he's putting on a character this this season compared yeah. to last season. And I like that he's he's getting into the character like that. Like with the phone call, yeah. um, the uh, Taken thing that he did. That one, I loved it. It was really good. So just shout out to the whole crew. That was, I, I doubt they'll ever hear this. 
But yeah, no, they they really helped me when it came to D and D, and they they're just fantastic. I I hope to God if they ever listen to it that the people of Critical Role never listen to this because personally, I just cannot I cannot listen to Critical Role. I started with Critical Role. Um, they they had just started when I started to play D and D. I think they were maybe five episodes in, maybe. Yeah, it's it, the way that they did it. I think they recorded first, like for video on YouTube or something, yeah. and then they decided the podcast route and put it on Spotify. So yeah. it starts a couple of episodes in, which already kind of confused me. But someone had told me, "Hey, started on the season they're on now. They just started. Try listening to that." And I, I tried. It's just it's slow paced for sure, which most. Most D&D campaigns are in the beginning. They're slower. But, I mean, this sounds like it's a good thing, but they're too professional. Does that make sense? Yeah. The, <laughs> for me, it was... Like, I, I went through the first campaign with them, and I enjoyed it, but the length of the episodes, it was finding time. And especially yeah. now, I do not have the time. But, right, Yeah. <laughs> And and with something like that, like with something like this, you can stop it and play it later, blah blah blah. But with it's a story that you're having to pay attention to, that makes it very yeah. difficult. And there's a lot of serious moments. Yeah. And it's it's much more closely. I don't want to say written because it's written. It is. But it in, is almost scripted. Yeah. It's almost like it's scripted. Yeah. And well, I mean, they're voice actors, and they're they do a very good job of yeah. it. Oh, they sound fantastic. But it's Definitely. like watching a campaign guide oh yeah being yeah. played out yeah it, it's yeah you know, it's like it's like this is how you play D and it's like yeah it, it's <laughs> like watching someone go through like curse of strahd yeah or something and i mean don't get me wrong matt mercer has done a fantastic job and good lord i can't even imagine the amount of prep that man does I oh mean, I've, yeah i've looked at some of the notes and stuff and good god no but i'm just not I don't know. I just don't care for his style that much. He's too serious, and he's getting into his characters and everything. I guess I'm so I was so used to listening to you and Anthony Birch, and just y'all are very very animated yeah. with your characters and just telling the story in general. You're super animated. So when it came to me listening to his, I was just like, I'm bored now. <laughs> but props to Vox Machina because I don't think you actually watched it yet. I think I'm like three episodes in. Oh my god, I binged that. That is so good. I really, really loved it. Love Scanlan. I have a Scanlan pin now. He's the best. But it's not for children at all. (laughs) But it is so good. I did actually really like that, which is ironic considering it is scripted (laughs) and it's cartoon. But I really, really did enjoy that. Um, for sure. And it was good to hear familiar voices, too, when it came to, like, voices that you've heard in your childhood for shows and movies and stuff. Yeah. So that was pretty cool, too, being like, oh, my God, I know who that voice is. Yeah. I, I guess let me ask you. <clears throat> earlier you had said that I was good at you know, random characters mm-hmm. and one-shot characters and stuff like that, which, thank you, by the way. But <laughs> for the most part, I tend to just come up with, here's one thing, all right? This is the kind of vibe of the character. What other characters have I seen that have this kind of theme going? Yeah. And then I'll draw from that and just let it play out. Kind of like tonight. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. Once you... Okay. 
So just for just for reference, his character, I immediately was like, "Wow, this guy's an <laughs> he's super into himself. <laughs> I can't stand him." Well, once he actually told me afterwards what character he was kind of pulling a little bit from, I was like, "That makes complete sense. I understand now." Um, go ahead. He he was. <laughs> Uh, I, I had to come up with a character to throw in and Super I fast. had an NPC that I was going to throw in at one point and in a previous campaign I never got around to it but he was also a goblin named Scamp and his whole thing was basically show up on a battlefield not fighting for either side just go up to people dying and turns out if you say hey that's shiny give me that and I'll save your life people can't really haggle with you when they're dying <laughs> so that's his big goal and um since several of the other characters were in class i was like okay well he this could be before you know he's gotten his degree or whatever um obviously he could always just say that he has it uh-huh um sounds a lot like that character <laughs> yeah and that's the train of thought that led yeah. me to that so basically i was like okay i'm gonna kind of do the character I was pulling from in reverse. So basically, this character's in college-ish, um, going for a degree, and that way he can be a licensed medical professional. Um, and his backup plan is if it doesn't work, he can always lie and just show up and do that anyways. The biggest inspiration kind of happened in the middle of it, because... I just went, oh man, this is like a dumber Jeff Winger. <laughs> I was like, okay, college, he's going there first. He's not skipping it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, he's just here to, to get his credits, mm -hmm. get out, mm -hmm. and hopefully do it in the easiest, fastest way. Mm -hmm. But to what I was saying way earlier, let me ask you. Um, Sorry. You're good. <laughs> um, obviously, I have my favorite player character that I've played, and mm -hmm. I have a favorite villain that I've played. Um do you have a favorite NPC that you've played now that you've DM'd one once? And I only had a couple of characters. Yes, but you got choices. And <laughs> two, uh, do you have a favorite NPC? It could be you know, companion, villain, anything like that, that you've come across while playing. Okay, so I, I literally played like four NPCs today. Yeah. Um, I played a professor, I played a witch granny, I played a sphinx, and I played a goblin, who basically just sounded like me. Um, but, I don't know, it's a toss-up between the sphinx and the granny. The granny was just fun, because she was just happy, and that was super, super fun to do. Um, and then, you guys said she just sounded like a granny version of my friend Jessica. Shout out, Jessica. Um, which, once I realized that, I was like, oh, man, <laughs> it does sound like a granny version of Jessica, but it made me love her even more. Yeah. So, um, it's a, it's a toss up between the witch granny and the Sphinx, because the Sphinx was just fun to do. I did like a Russian accent. Shout out Trey. The whole, like the conversations back and forth between the Sphinx and Trey, they were mint. <laughs> They were really good, so that was super fun. I'm really glad that she got to come in a couple more times. 
Because if she didn't, I would have been sad. So I'm glad I got to play her a couple times. Um, You said uh, for other people or podcasts or... In games that you've played. In games that I've played, specifically. It could be an ally, a villain. It could be just a random that you stumbled across. Okay, that's difficult. Because I, you have pl- for one, you've played so many. Um, you played in some one shots with other DMs. I was well. about to say, I'll give that shout out in a second. But as far as you go, because I've only been in a couple of different things. But Igor, yeah, I love Igor. I just his whole attitude, and you never know. You never know if what's gonna happen is gonna be good or bad. You never know. It's it's a straight toss up. But you kind of just have to trust him because you're always in a bad position <laughs> when you meet him. So you kind of just have to do the thing he says to do and just be like, screw it. If it works, it works. Fantastic. I'm alive. If it doesn't, I'm going to be dead anyway. So it doesn't really matter. Um, I really like him. I really like his attitude. He's just easygoing about everything for the most part. But I, I really, I really like him. Um, I did really enjoy, and this was not a purposeful thing. I've told you this before, but I can't remember what you were. I think you were, were you dwarves or halflings or something? You and Eric, shout out Eric. Um, when you both, we came across we you guys in the woods and y'all had two totally different personalities and he kept trying to go along with what y'all were doing and have us, have us, you know, interact with you guys, and your character was, like, being you, essentially, <laughs> trying to say, well, go ahead, and, like, they obviously have things to do. <laughs> to clarify, there, there was a campaign that uh, we did where me and my friend Eric, who also DM'd, we were co-DMs, yeah. and so when two NPCs <laughs> came up, we would both play one, and at the time, we had this idea for, like, a little side quest that they could do, and... Eric just did not pick up that. Well, and what we were doing was kind of important too. So yeah. he needed to get to the thing we were doing, but <laughs> Eric just did not pick up that they had other shit to do. It wasn't that he didn't pick it up. You gave him so many hints. He just wanted to do it. He wanted to do the thing, and I I feel for him because like if you have a plan and you have something that you really want to do, I totally get it. I completely understand. But the the interaction between the two of you during that, I could have watched a movie of just you guys with that because it was so freaking funny. The both of you, <laughs> I don't know. It was just, it was really good. And I really well, did enjoy it. in character being, a, we both got pretty meta and just broke the fourth wall. Yeah. Kind of. But we were both in character, and he was trying to convince the party to go do this thing. <laughs> Kill and, goblins or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And I was in character as this other dwarf, basically saying something along the lines of, well, I think it's pretty effing clear that uh, they don't really intend to help us out with this, so maybe we should just leave them alone and find someone else. And he would not. <laughs> he wouldn't let it go. Drop it. He it just so kept funny. going and going and going. But it made it so good, though. Yeah. It was fun. And it was all, I mean, it, it, we were making it out like it took so long, but it was like, you know, less than five minutes. Yeah. But still, it was uh, well, Me and Eric so funny. specifically are really good at, basically, we're like an old married couple. <laughs> and so we're really good at bickering yes with each other and yes. we had several npcs that were just 
opposites. Yeah. Because we would both, as soon as the other person chose the other side, yeah, we would both, as DMs, be like, all right, buckle in. <laughs> Here we go. It was fun, though. It was fun. And I, I don't know of anybody else who's ever done the whole two DMs thing. Anytime I've mentioned it to anyone, they're like, what? So it was it was really cool and it was really fun. And it was super helpful because you're both great at two totally different things. Yeah. And so you both played to your strengths with that. And I really, I love how Eric describes scenery. Yeah. And he set he sets the scene and he explains what all is going on. He Like, I, I am very, very visual. And so I really enjoy that he explains exactly what we're seeing because then I can picture it in my mind. And I love that. But then on your side of it, you really tell the story about what's going on and what we're all going to be doing. Well, and also he's just, Eric is fantastic when it comes to basically statistics and mm. levels and yeah. we're, we're going to lay out this many of this type of creature for them yeah. to fight plus these three Except of this Except that type. one time. Yeah, every once in a while I'd get a little too carried away. But he's really good Lord, we at... fought that thing forever. We were all going to die. He's, he's really good at <laughs> combat or encounters in general. Yeah. And just game mechanics. Yeah. He's really good. He is. On another one, though, that I, I really enjoyed. And, and honestly, I'll be completely honest with you. I This was a one shot we did. I do not remember the character. I just remember Jamie and his accent. <laughs> Because he's really good at it. I swear he needs to dress up as, what's his face? Tom Hardy? No! Because he does a fantastic Tom <laughs> I Hardy. I can hear him doing that. I can hear him doing that. No, 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 no. Um, oh, Crowley. Crowley! Yes, yeah. Crowley. That right there. He does those accents, and it is so fun to just watch him do those things. Yeah. And so I don't remember what character it was or anything. That one shot alone was just insane um, but it, it's really fun again shout out to Jamie to just he does so great with the accents and you can you can see the characters because of his accents and I really really enjoy that with you you like you said you're with the mannerisms and everything you can see the accents you guys are two totally different sides of the coin when it comes to what your acting skills are and what you do you're both fantastic at it though and I super, super, super enjoy being involved in that kind of thing and being and being able to see it and, and acting along with it and everything. So it was really fun. I really enjoyed um, whatever character it was um, that Jamie did with his uh, Crowley-like accent. Yeah, that was great. Well, I, I'll say that when it comes to Jamie, especially playing villains, <laughs> he, he's very much so character driven and all of that but whereas most of the villains that I end up playing I'll, I'll be a little bit more reserved and usually it's it's my facial expressions mm -hmm. and stuff like that that let you know just how screwed you are um, <laughs> I let the players figure out oh crap yeah we're not getting out of this yeah. this this is danger and I like to let that set in to the players themselves mm -hmm. and once they start to figure it out one by one. You can kind of see him popping up around the table. <laughs> Jamie is intense. He, oh, yeah. He shows up most of the time without warning and just says, this is confrontation, and he will lean forward, bowed up over the table. Soup, like I mean, I mean, his eyes are just shooting daggers through your skull. Mm. And as a DM, 
he's very good at pushing his players to role play. Yeah. Because he expects when he does that, at least I assume. <laughs> but it seems like he expects his players to match his level of intensity. Yeah. Or at least accept it and shoot something back that makes sense. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally understand. Um, It just... <laughs> because I'm sitting here thinking about the, the couple of one-shots we did with him. He knows what he wants to get done. He knows where he wants everything to go. And it's really nice to have that sometimes because, like, with his characters, he really fleshes them out. And so that's that's really cool to see with that stuff. However, when people surprise Jamie... Yeah. <laughs> that is fun. And I really like it because... I, like I said earlier, I love it when characters surprise their DM because it's it makes it like, ooh, I did something cool, you know? Well, and especially with how Jamie DMs in general. Yeah. Because when you manage to surprise him, it's more rewarding. Yes, absolutely. Because, I mean, he's like an encyclopedia. And so typically it's, you know, this is going to happen, this is going to happen, here's this, what are you going to do with this? Hmm, yeah. that's an interesting choice. That kind of stuff. Yeah. And every once in a while, somebody will surprise him, and he just gets this look on his face. It starts as confusion. Yeah, he kind of tilts his head. And then <laughs> it's almost like the sound of... Oh. <laughs> and <laughs> then he just... He'll blink once or twice, lean forward, and go, You want to do what? Yeah. Or he'll throw out a... Okay. <laughs> He does this thing where he kind of like put his hand on his on his leg and yeah. he kind of he's like he's sitting there thinking and he's like well then um and then he starts moving all of his papers looking like what what am I going to do now <laughs> what can I do to make it to where they can't quite do what they want to do and but you know what if we get away with it then he's super impressed yeah and if i mean if we don't then he just gets super happy with himself any any time <laughs> i've managed to do it I've always had the immediate feeling of, that's right. You didn't consider I would be this stupid, did you? <laughs> and it is the best feeling. To, to be that stupid. Yes. I can't say Gareth has made, made some choices. But as far as, like, when it comes to making those choices and surprising the DM and stuff, what has been your favorite thing that you've done or that you've seen or heard, I guess if it's a podcast, in a session or in a campaign. Oof. <laughs> I know there's a lot to choose from. And there's a lot of campaigns. <laughs> um, well, I talked about the Gareth and Zuli thing earlier. Right, right, right. Other than that, I, I guess I'll go with the first time that ever happened. Um, first campaign I ever played in uh, was with Jamie. And <laughs> actually, because he did a couple of, like, they ended up being kind of like mini campaigns and um we were trying to break someone out of prison it may have been another player but there was a guy playing with us named drew and he was a druid and turned into i think a ferret interesting and, yeah and we were walking up next to this wall and he had this whole elaborate plan thought out and evidently he had told me about it oh no but I, I was still new, did not understand what he was talking about, and it worked really well for the character. He was a rock gnome. Everybody assumed he was a dwarf. He had just gotten out of prison. It was a whole oh thing. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, he had a little, little tiny pickaxe tattoos, like teardrops, 
for every gnome he killed on the inside. Oh my god. Yeah, it was a whole thing. We're by this wall, and he turns into the ferret, and I guess he had tried to say something to me, because he had cast Speak with Animals or something like that, and right as he started, I I guess I was distracted, and I was like, oh, uh, I tossed him over the wall. (laughs) And he went, what? And Jamie went, what? (laughs) I was like, yeah, I'll just... Yeah, it's awesome. Oh my gosh. And yeah, it, it ended up, I think, working out. I don't quite remember, but it was it was just the first time that something I had done was surprising and also everyone thought was hilarious. I don't think Drew thought it was hilarious <laughs> at the time, but everybody else did. Well, we keep talking about Jamie. <laughs> We're going to have to have him as a guest at some point, but... <laughs> When we did that Halloween one last year uh-huh. with his one shot, that, first off, the whole thing was great. I just enjoyed the entire thing and it being Harry Otter. Yep. <laughs> that was just wonderful. But when he took, we took all of our characters that we had already pre-made and, or played at some point and we made them something else, like something spooky or halloweeny or whatever so i played uh half tabaxi which i know is strange i don't judge me people i know it's not really a thing that can happen but she was super super short she was very short like four foot something like maybe four foot just in general but she's very very short and she was like or at least she thought she was a badass I don't really, like, we haven't really fleshed her out completely. I've only had a, co- a couple one-shots with her, but she she's basically just kind of like a, a little bad and um, hates everyone, essentially. Little teeny tiny lesbian kitty cat. And here comes freaking Gareth as, what, a siren? Yes. Oh, God. A yes. siren goblin thing. And my tabaxi... Turned into a werewolf. No, not a were-cat. A werewolf. Because we had to be something that our characters were, like, spooky and stuff. I freaking love my mini of werewolf Val. Because it's the best. But her, like, having this obsession with Gareth. Because now he's a fish, essentially. And she's, I mean, she's technically a cat. That was just so fun to me. And it was really fun to play because... A, she's a lesbian, and B, you annoy the shit out of her and anything else we've been in, and so now she's obsessed with you, and she hates herself for it. Oh, and I think she's, like, allergic to herself being a dog now yeah. or something, too. Yeah, that was that was a super, super fun campaign, super fun one-shot. The whole thing was great. It was just fun for me with as far as that oh, dynamic. <laughs> Having Gareth start out mentally like, ah, well, I mean... What do you know? All the ladies love me. And that I'm turning, beautiful. <laughs> and that turning into, she loves me a little too much. Yeah. It was, it was just fun. threatening. Yeah. yeah. It was fun. And the whole idea behind yeah. everything was super fun. Um, so just favorite thing that's ever happened in the session as far as things we've played, like that just, that whole one shot to me was super fun yeah. and different. And I really, really enjoyed that one. But um, I think now we are going to head out. And uh, I hope you guys enjoyed. Thank you for listening to our very first episode of This Train Has No Tracks, an ADHD-fueled podcast. 
You may have heard some rain or cats in the background or some funky edits. We are also getting dual mics, so we appreciate your patience while we figure this whole recording thing out. We also tried our best to edit out some adult language because we want this to be a parent-friendly podcast. We know what it's like to be in the car with kids and wanting to listen to something. Special thanks to Johnny Ivy for allowing us to use his own song, Walk on Water. This was Kyle's personal recording, but Johnny is working on getting it out there for other listeners. You can follow him on TikTok at Johnny Ivy. That's J-O-N-N-Y-I-V-E-Y. And on Instagram at Johnny Ivy underscore music. Also, we would love to hear from you. Like we said before, we want this to feel like a conversation with your friends. So, if you want to share your D&D stories or favorite characters, pictures, or minis you've made, if you would like us to have more D&D content, or if you have any suggestions for future content, you can find us on Facebook at This Train Has No Tracks Pod, as well as on Instagram at This Train Has No Tracks Pod. You can also email us at ADHDtrainpod at yahoo.com. We are currently working on other listening avenues as well and a website you can visit. So thank you very much for listening and we hope to hear from you soon.